drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the All Things Dave podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the freaks, geeks, losers, goobers, podcasters, and fellow YouTubers. I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. Did you see the episode? Who is Eddie Munster? That's right, another classic horror interview for you guys to jam to where Jed Bryan and myself talk to Butch Patrick, who is more famously known as Eddie Munster. So kick back and enjoy this short but sweet interview. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Please welcome to the show. He was a predominant actor in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. You might know him as Eddie Munster, but we all know him as Butch Patrick. How you doing, Butch? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for having me on. We wanted to bring you on here because the biggest thing about Dave's Pop Culture Podcast is we love classic horror. And Jed and I both, even though we were born in a much later generation, we both consider ourselves monster kids. And so it's always been a dream to go back and talk to some of the Universal Monsters, the family of the Universal Monsters. And as everybody knows, you can't talk Universal Monsters without even thinking about the Monsters. You know something? It was uh, at the time I was actually not even in Hollywood. I was living in Illinois with my grandmother, and I had just completed a year of the Real McCoys, and I also did a, about a half a year General Hospital prior to the Munsters. So I had a lot of acting credits under my belt um, by then, and they had already cast it as with a kid named Happy Derman after looking at hundreds of people in Hollywood. Uh, it was a very interesting situation. Bill Mooney had turned the part down because of the makeup. His mom didn't like the makeup angle, and uh, Happy Derman, who they hired. CBS wasn't happy with happy, and they went searching around. My agent caught wind of it, Mary Grady, and she convinced them that I was the guy for the part, and they uh, flew me in. I went directly from the airport to CBS Studio Center, met Yvonne Carlo, did a screen test, and they they basically hired us both. I mean, they, I got hired on the spot. I think they had already maybe had already hired her, and that was the last-minute tweaking of the original cast. To the show, they they had a woman named uh, Joan Marshall that was going to play the character as Phoebe, and they changed the, the title name to Lily Munster and Yvonne DiCarlo. So, and the rest of the history. That, that's amazing. And and what was it like, you know, working with uh, Fred Wynn and all the other actors on the in the series? Well, you know, you, earlier on, when you brought me on, you were talking about monster movies and the classic monster movies, which Universal was the monster studio um, back in the day. Each studio sort of had a specialty. MGM did musicals, 20th Century Fox did disaster movies, and so on and so on, and four-star did westerns. But um, the uh, Universal Studio monsters in the late 30s and all of the 40s were really the state of the art. And they took that talent that they had and applied it to a sitcom with the producers from Leave It to Beaver, which was one of the most successful family-oriented shows of all time. So... You had a lot of talent in the pool, and you brought in Fred Wynn and Al Lewis, who were big stars from Car 54, Where Are You, and other successful series. And you put it all together, um, and yeah, it was a very strong show. It had a lot of money was spent on the show. It was shot on film. 
It was uh, the set decoration and the lighting was very much like old classic monster movies, the look. And then we had the best makeup people and special effects people. And on top of that, we had very cool cars and great guest stars uh, earlier in their career. We had very good writing and good com- comedians coming on, uh, filling uh, in as guest stars on a weekly basis. Good ones, too. Did you have a favorite like episode or favorite you know a guest sure. star or stars that came on the show that you were like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so cool to work with these guest stars? Well, I wouldn't say that because I never had really worked with a lot of them. So I, I was, I mean, I, after the fact, I was happy to work with them. I mean, I really enjoyed Paul Lynn's Doctor Dudley character and Eddie's nickname when I grew a beard. Uh, Louis and I guest starred on Zombo which was a wonderful episode where I believe the guy on TV was a real guy and I was very disappointed and disenchanted when I found out he wasn't. Um, the George Barris Hot Rod Herman where he introduces the Dragula and we went to the drag strip, which was very cool for you know, 11, 12-year-old kid. Plus, we were outside. Um, there was a lot of good stuff, but mainly in hindsight, looking back, it was fun to see um, some of these comedians uh, who went on to do great things, Don Rickles, Harvey Corman, um, Richard Deacon, we had the guys from, oh, I mean, it's a who's who of, uh, of comedians, uh, Jesse White, uh, oh, the list goes on and on, I could probably, I should probably get my list out, but this, anyway, it was a very quality show with a lot of funny people, and a lot of funny scripts were written for us. You also had a little sidekick on the show, Wolf Wolf, uh, whatever happened to him, is he still around, or? He's in a, he's in a, a private museum in Indiana, I had him given to me about eight years after the show when I was doing an Ironside by the prop man, and I took him home, and I let him go to hell, and then I sold him to a guy to restore him. And then after he restored him, he, we sold the um, remakes to people for about 20 years, and then he sold the original to a guy, and I took the number two doll that we had created for ourselves into my custody. So the original's in a museum, but I have the uh, the skeleton one that's posable. I have one with uh, with armatures in it, so it's all good. I have one in the, uh, in the original's in, in a museum in Indiana somewhere. Private that, private collection. That's pretty awesome. I always thought that was such a that'd be such a cool thing to have as a kid. You know, I grew up watching yep. the Munsters and seeing that and everything. And you know, and you can't talk Munsters without talking about that amazing car. Did, did you have fond memories of riding in that car, the Munster car? I absolutely. It was the coolest car on television, and it meant whenever the car was used, it was used outside. So we got a chance to get out and get some fresh air. And then uh, I actually I actually own a Munster coach and a Dragula. I'm sitting outside as we speak across the country doing mostly automotive events these days with the uh, with the vehicles. That's awesome. I, I, is it pretty fun to drive them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You bet. Yeah, if any of your listeners can go to Munster's events uh, on my YouTube channel, you can actually see us recreating the Hot Rod Herman episode at drag strips around the country. That's amazing. And and speaking of, you know, being on the Universal backlot and stuff, uh, but do you have any stories about being able to go to other sets and seeing other movies made? Or I imagine it was kind of like, like a great big playground for you just to be able to go around and see some of the different uh, sets and stuff. I mean, you got the Psycho House and like all that other stuff like that, Phantom Stage. Yeah, we had the Phantom of the Opera soundstage next door to us. I think it was stage 29, I can't remember, I think it was stage 27 or 29, giant, biggest soundstage in Hollywood, and it was about six stories tall, you could go up in the catwalks, you know, when I could get away without anybody, you know, bothering me, like my welfare worker or a parent, uh, but yeah, the Universal Studio was a very active studio there, they didn't have a whole lot of TV shows going on, they had maybe six or seven series, 
Uh, Mikhail's Navy, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, the Munsters, uh, Virginian wagon train. That was about it. But they had a lot of movies going on. So it took about three to four months to film a movie back then. And each soundstage would be, um, you know, um, basically constructed to for whatever sets they would need for whatever movie they were doing. So you could imagine in a, in a two-year period with about 20 soundstages going out at full time, there was probably 60 to 80 movie startups easily that I got a chance to kind of go in and talk with the carpenters and see what they were building and then you know see it finalized and then tore down for the next project so butch i gotta know growing up you're starring in a family-oriented but horror-based tv show did you watch horror movies yeah i did i but i like sci-fi uh the old sci-fi movies godzilla them you know invaders from mars things like that but i was a i was a big fan of the original dracula's and uh the Wolfman was one of my favorites. Um, Frankenstein, you know, Adam Costello, that kind of thing. Me, me, Frankenstein and the Wolfman was a great one. Creature of the Black Lagoon comes to mind. It's one of my favorites. So later on in uh, your career, you also guest appeared on one of my favorite cartoons, The The Simpsons. And uh, I just kind of want to know, like, what that whole experience was. Did uh, they reach out to you for the episode or how and what it was like seeing yourself as a yellow cartoon character? Yeah, they reached out to me, uh, season 11, an episode called Eight Misbehaving. They uh, it's actually kind of a letdown because I was really looking forward to meeting everybody when I flew out there for my my work i was the only person in this in the recording studio i mean it was like basically i was just me there with 14 microphones in a big semicircle and nobody else there so that was kind of uh disenchanting but it was nice to meet them and they they filled me up with a bunch of Simpson merchandise and there's you know I, I figured when they go off the air they'll have a hell of a rap party but hell they're still on the air 15 years after i did it and it was a nice credit to have you know special guest voice and being on the simpsons was wonderful after Munsters wraps up, you're getting a little older. Yeah. You get to appear in a comic book adaptation TV show. So we all know right now Shazam is a big hit movie, but many people don't know back in the 70s there was a Shazam TV show, and you got to be in an episode. What was it like being able to be in a comic book adaptation? Well, I had done Lidsville prior to that. So after Lidsville, it was funny. They, uh, the, the, they were, I was actually up on an interview for the Shazam lead, uh, the Billy Batson, Michael Grace part. And they found out that I was on Lidsville, and Lidsville at the time was still airing on Saturday morning, so it was kind of like a conflict of interest. So instead of uh, me doing anything, I went back a few months later after they had cast uh, Michael uh, Gray, and they had a part for me in The Athlete, which I got to play a real jerk, and it was fun. <laughs> yeah, because in The Munsters, you're a nice guy, so this gave you an opportunity to be on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Exactly. It was fun. And then, you know, before we did that, Lidsville came, was out in the summer of 71, which wasn't quite a comic book, although they came up with comic books after the fact. But working for Sid and Marty Croft was quite an experience, too. So has it been one of those things now where, just similar to like Simpsons, somebody reaches out to you and asks you to play the legend that you already are? You're starring in a lot of shorts, you're starring in a lot of films, and then now it just seems like your catalog is slowly building. So what do you have on the horizon? Well, the gentleman that produced TBS's Super Scary Saturday for Al Lewis back in the East, uh, a gentleman named Jeff Grimshaw, he's like you know fourth-generation communications guy at the University of Vermont, 
he contacted me. He he actually had me and Pat Priest on the show back in the '80s, and he said, "I'd like to recreate something like that with you. Would you be interested in hosting a show?" I said, "You know, I don't really do like the Al Lewis shtick, but I have an idea for you. I have a friend in Tampa who is Dr. Paul Bearer, who actually used to host monster movies down there, like an Elvira." I said that he really is funny. I go, so if you want to, if we could integrate a show to where he's in it and I'm in it, I'm I'm more of the straight man and he's more of the comic you know, the comic guy. I go, I would be interested in doing it. So yeah, we have a show called Eddie's Monstrous Movie Mausoleum. That'll be a live stream uh, subscription based uh, entity, which we will be featuring old you know monster movies and making fun of them and having a good time or you know. But it'll be with Dr. Paul Bearer and some guest stars. And I my my plan is to have. All the other horror hosts in the country come on and be a guest star as well, and I will reciprocate by being on their show, and that way we get the audience that we're looking for. So, yeah, keep an eye out for Eddie's Monstrous Movie Mausoleum. Sounds like you got a fantastic idea on your hands. Yeah, but well, you can thank Jeff Grimshaw for that one. That's, that's, and he's, he's the guy to do it. He did really, really well with Al Lewis. He's a big Monsters fan. It'll work out really well. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to get into production here probably in June. All right, Butch. Well, hey, man, thanks for taking the time to come on here, talk a little bit of Bunsters with us, and just if anybody wants to follow what you're doing, I know you went ahead and you promoted your YouTube channel, but if anybody needs to keep up with what you're doing, where can they find or follow you? Well, the easiest thing to do is just go to Munsters.com, and everything that I do is listed there. I do have an official Munsters fan group that we love people to join into, and then personal Facebook pages. But yeah, the easiest thing to do is just go to Munsters.com, and that'll lead you down the path. You want a Wolf Wolf doll? We're still making, I've sold over 130 of them. I'm going to have another 20 for sale before we wrap up shop. So, and we have a Munster merchandise store. There's a lot of good stuff there, and plus it also has my schedule. As I travel around, and want to catch up to me. So, Munsters.com is the place to be. Thank you so much thank for you. coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, My much. pleasure, guys. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. wraps up another episode of all things dave podcast who is eddie monster well who is butch patrick for that matter well i hope after hearing this episode you have a much better insight at who he is and maybe just maybe i've built up your excitement for the much anticipated rob zombies the monsters i'm willing to bet he's gonna have a cameo in it but why wouldn't he as you know, this podcast is available on all podcast platforms, but you can reach out to me. Find me. I'm on Twitter, at Dave underscore Phantom, and there's a Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search up All Things Dave Podcast, and you'll find it. Next week, there'll be more classic horror-related episodes as we prepare for Vincent Price's birthday. So you guys, stay tuned, stay cool, and please watch some movies.
It's the greatest story in sports. Start dropping straight back. Hit as he throws. Has the ball. It is the I'm Doug Russell, and this is Tales from 1265, an insider's look at football's most storied franchise, a franchise that has had its dynasties. This is the first Super Bowl trophy, and uh, it's something Green Bay can keep. We're going to have a, a new trophy each year. And its rebirths. Every major football decision will be made by Ron Wolf. I realize I'm a Green Bay Packer now, and maybe I can prove that I am worth the first-round pick next year, but just got to be patient. But I was really impressed with the coaching staff, with the whole organization, and with the direction the team is going. I think they, they have a total commitment to winning. Tales from 1265 is presented by Nicolay Law, your local award-winning injury lawyers. If you've been injured, get Nicolay, Wisconsin's winning team of lawyers that will get you back in the game. Tales from 1265 is a production of iHeartRadio Podcasts and is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With all of the savings I get when I drive, I'm having the time of my life. Driving safe all right, insurance, save me so much in my car. Driving safe all right, insurance, I've dreamed of saving for so long, I'm saving big all right. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance.